0: Turn to your your neighbor and say good morning. Go ahead and do that. Show him a smile. It's a good thing to smile. I'm going to ask my buddy Larry Cochran to come up right now. Say good morning, Larry. I went on my first mission trip with this brother uh, to Ecuador 36 years ago. I wasn't anticipating how it would change my life, but it did. And I've been going ever since in Larry's impact and influence have changed this church considerably if you've been blessed through this church god has used this man to bless us and so let me pray for him as he shares father thank you for people that sow gospel seeds thank you that they always come up so sow more today and thank you for your servant bless and anoint him in jesus name everyone said "Amen." amen
1: amen First mission trip with Steve, he played the clown. (laughs) Dressed him up, you could imagine. Steve was just as at home in Guayaquil, Ecuador, as he was right here with you. And we did street evangelism, and he was amazingly effective there. But my favorite story of Steve is, having got on an airplane in Miami, Florida, we sat down next to people, and Steve had uh, challenged us to testify to the person next to you on the flight to Guayaquil, and we tried to. And Steve sat down next to an airline steward, and he witnessed to the guy, and we got down to Guayaquil and left. But over the next five days, we ran into this guy in a city of four million people. We ran into this guy three times. Somewhere out in the streets, we would meet this guy, and it was like, what is God doing in this kid's life? But we did not see a conversion. Nothing took place. But then we got on the airplane to come back home. And yes, who's on the plane? The airline steward. And it was his time. And so it was, I could hear from the front of the plane, I was holding the hand of a girl who had a kidney stone attack. And I could hear him back in the back, praising the Lord. Eduardo has received Jesus as his Savior. All in the matter of God's timing. Isn't God good to put an airline steward sitting next to Steve Pearson... And then over the next 10 days, meet him three different times and lead him to Christ on an airplane coming back from where he It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen happen. But God's an amazing God, isn't he? Aren't you glad this morning for the Holy Spirit? We like to sing the little chorus all the time in my, my neck of the woods, this old song. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your grace and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Isn't he good? The Holy Spirit. Imagine who created the moon, the sun, the stars, and the heavens. He was there in the beginning when God spoke the world into existence. He was there when they breathed on the earth. Prophets of old to give us God's word and inspired every word in this book. And at Christmas time, isn't it wonderful? It was the Holy Spirit who conceived Jesus in the womb of Mary. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And then he says to his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm going to send one to you. And he's going to live in you. And greater works than these shall you do than I did. Did you hear what he said? Write down Romans 8 verse 11 and see if you'll ever figure it out. Romans 8 verse 11 says, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Can you fathom? Can you fathom? I cannot fathom. This God of the heavens of creation who designed you and me that our bodies would become the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would come and desire to live in you so that you would glorify the Father here on earth. That's your reason for existence, isn't it? Somebody said here a few weeks ago, I think a... Our missionary evangelist said, the two most important days of your life are what? The day you were born and the day you discovered why. And that's the search that so many people are on in life. They're always going through life trying to find out what's my meaning? What's the will of God? The only way to know the will of God is to do the will of God today. Today is God's will. And so it is that we believe this morning as we prepare for this coming Christmas advent that the greatest need in America tonight today is for God to come in his spirit in the form of fire we're talking about the wind of the spirit we talk about the the water the flowing water Jesus said out of you shall flow living waters of living waters will flow out of you but there's also the the designation of fire because the Bible says in Hebrews twelve twenty nine, our God is an all-consuming fire. Say that with me. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Now, what is this fire? When Moses was confronted in his first encounter with God, the first thing he sees is a burning bush. A bush that's burning, but it's not consumed. It's not destroyed. It's important to remember in your your life and mind today that in the spirit world, God comes in his spirit and his fire for purposes that we're going to talk about this morning. But it's not to destroy. He did use fire to consume Sodom and Gomorrah. Leviticus chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu mixed a little incense around the altar. They played around the things of God and God sent fire down and consumed them. Judgment. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, at the end of age, at the end of this life, will not be destroyed by flood, but the earth will be burned up with all of its elements and everything therein. Everything will burn with fire. But the good part and the good news is that the fire of the Holy Spirit comes to energize you and me. The fire of the Holy Spirit comes to purify you and me. So, I want you to read with me this morning out of a very familiar passage in Isaiah Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah's encounter with God. Can we put that up? Good. You can read along with me. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Wherever there's smoke there's what? There's fire. And so he said to himself woe is me For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and having in hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. And your sin has been purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? And I said, Lord, here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell this people, keep the hearing, but they keep on hearing, but do not understand. They keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and they understand with their heart and return and be healed. What a scene, what a picture of the glory of God that filled the tabernacle and Isaiah had the privilege to be there in that presence and he wasn't consumed. Many times the Bible says that no one will come in the presence of God and live to tell about it. God is a fiery, fiery consuming fire But when he comes to bring revival, as he's done so many times, he does so for our own good. He always sends his fires of revival to renew the church and to renew our hearts and to remind us of where we were so that we can come back to that first love. Many times in Scripture, we we find stories of revival that have been broken out among God's people. Why? Because the life of the people have ebbed back into sinfulness. They've followed back into idolatry. And there was something that was needed in their hearts that only God could do. And many times the work of a sovereign God is truly the work of God. But he wants us to cooperate with him. And so it was in 1970 on a sunlit Tuesday morning. At Asbury College. At a typical chapel service. That right before the speaker was to get up that morning. A young college student raised her hand. She said, Could I share something? And she did. She said, I've been cheating on exams, and I want to ask God to forgive me. Another student stood, I have something to share. Before long, suddenly, the spirit of fire came down on Hughes Auditorium. And for the next 86 hours, the presence of God filled the tabernacle. And like Isaiah, who was standing there in the presence of an almighty God, saw not only the glory of God, but he saw himself. He realized the sinfulness Of his own heart. You see when the fire of the Holy Spirit comes. He comes like refiner's fire. He comes to burn away and purge away. And calls us to a place of repentance. So that he can draw us back to himself. And he can bless us in a way like we've never been blessed before. It's so exciting to hear about the revival in California that's going on these days. I've been reading about on Highway uh, 95. I think it is uh, Pastor Steve and uh, Chuck Murillo is the guys out there right now. Hundreds of people are coming to the Lord, but more importantly, it's the church that's being revived. Revival's not for the world, it's for the church, it's for you and me. And what we need is like Isaiah, we need a fresh vision of a holy God. Now remember when God describes himself, he says, I am holy, holy, holy. That means I'm distinct, I'm separate, I'm different from you. He's not just a human. He's not just your good buddy up there, somebody likes to say. Or i like to pray to the man upstairs. No. No, 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 no. This is God. He's an all-consuming fire. Oh, we say, well, what about Jesus? Well, John the Baptist made it very plain, didn't he? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, he said, I come to baptize you with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Do you understand that is the body of Christ? That is Jesus Himself saying, I will baptize you with fire. You're going to need the Holy Spirit when you walk in this world of ours today. And never have we more desperately needed God and the fire of his spirit in our hearts than we do today. Deep darkness, Isaiah prophesied, would cover the earth. Deep darkness would cover the peoples of God. But the light of God's glory is going to shine on his people in that day. What a day that's going to be. I remember Cali, Columbia, back in 95, when they filled the stadium there in Cali, Columbia, 65,000 people gathered together, and they all stood there all night and all evening praising the Lord and rejoicing in the Lord. There'd been so many murders. There was the, uh, Cali was the drug capital of the world. But that one evening, that one night of God descending upon that place, no murders the next weekend. The Spirit brooded over the churches. There was a spirit of unity. You see, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, there's always unity. A unity of love that binds us together. Wasn't that what described the early church when the Bible says, on that day suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind and the Holy Spirit came down with cloven tongues of fire and he touched there. Isn't it amazing how many times in Scripture when the Bible says, when the Holy Spirit comes, the first thing He touches is your what? Your lips. Why did Isaiah feel that he was a man of unclean lips? Well, if you backed up a chapter in Isaiah chapter 5, this is Isaiah the prophet Woe to those who joined house to house, who had field to field. Woe. To those who rise up early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink. Woe to those who draw iniquity in the cords of vanity and sin as if a cart rope. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. Isaiah was out telling everybody else, Woe is your sinfulness. But when Isaiah comes into the presence of Almighty God, who does he see? It's not his neighbor. It's not the world. It's him. You see, God's not so much concerned about the sins of the White House as he is about the sins in your house. He's more concerned about what's going on in the life of the church. And you know something this morning? What would happen if we could all come and make a sacrificial offering of putting our tongues on the altar today? (laughs) And say, Lord, would you send the fire on my tongue? You know why? Because a critical spirit and the Holy Spirit do not go together. You don't put the two together. Don't think you're not going to walk in the spirit and be critical of everybody else. No, it don't work that way. Nothing will quench the fire of the Holy Spirit like a critical, censorious, prideful, arrogant heart. And God says, if you come in my presence... I will purify your heart and mind. Now listen to me. Psalm 24 makes it very plain. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? But he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You see what God's after this morning? It's not about how much religiosity we may have or how spiritual we may think ourselves to be. The fact is, is that God is wanting to deal with the personal sin in your heart and mind. And he wants to put the fire of the Holy Spirit there for a reason, not to destroy you, but to consume the wood, the hay, and the stubble and burn away the things in your heart or life that's keeping you from him. And Isaiah said, I know, Lord, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer today. What are some of the sins? What are some of the ways that we come against God today that we need to remind ourselves of? I made this list. Let me read them. If there's any impediment to the flow of God's grace, they must be removed. Unbelief, lust, lying, cheating, unclean thoughts, filthy speech, dirty habits, cursing, ingratitude, indifference to responsibility, disregard to self-discipline, prayerlessness, robbing God of tithes, neglect of the poor, racial discrimination, an unforgiving spirit, backbiting, envy, jealousy, deceitfulness, bitterness, selfishness, hypocrisy, whatever it is, whatever it be, a deed or a disposition, if it is known to you, it is contrary to the holiness of God. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. You see, God is a holy God. You've been bought with a price. Your body is not your own. You belong to him. As Apostle Paul said, Jesus died that we should live, no longer live unto ourselves, but unto him who died and came for you and me. Think about the sacrifice that Christ has made for the price of the forgiveness of sins. Isn't it amazing? Jesus came out so you could come in. He came down so that you could go up. He became sin so that you could be made righteous. He shed his blood so you could be forgiven. He died so that you could have eternal life. He became the victim so you could have the victory. Jesus was the almighty God. And he's done it all for you and me. Everything he's done. Nothing's lacking. Wouldn't it be something if we had a renewed vision this morning, if we could only just see the presence and the glory of God to come into our life, and he shines his Shekinah glory over our life. Isn't it wonderful to know this morning the residing presence of God, the omnipresence of God, the manifest presence of God, and finally, the Shekinah glory of God. When Moses built the tabernacle, the people gave so generously that finally Moses said, if you don't mind, stop giving. We've got enough money. We've got enough. And when they built the tabernacle, the glory of God just descended. Just like it did when Solomon built the temple. Just like it did on the day of Pentecost. When the Spirit came, he touched them with cloven tongues of fire. And so it was with Isaiah. God touched his tongue, released him from speaking that which is not good or everything for the others. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 29, let no word come out of your mouth except that which is good for the edification of all the hearers. Let no word. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 33, he said, one day you'll give an account in judgment of every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? Aren't you thankful for the mercies of God? Amen. I'm glad for his mercy. He offers us forgiveness. And then what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? He says in Ephesians 5, 18, Be not drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That was the evidence of the Holy Spirit. He's put a heart of worship in you. Isn't it wonderful as we sang this morning, these beautiful Christmas worship songs, they they just so ministered to my heart and I know it does to yours. God inhabits the praises of his people. But can I share something? A very important truth here this morning. God never sends the fire of the spirit on an empty altar. There always has to be an acceptable sacrifice. And a properly prepared sacrifice for the spirit of God to come. How do we know that? When Elijah was confronted with the prophets of Baal, you remember the story in the Old Testament. He begged those prophets, call on your God, send the fire down, send the fire down. They begged and jolted and jumped and cut themselves, blood splattered everywhere, no fire, nothing. Elijah prepares the altar very carefully, puts everything in place, and then he says, bring me 12 barrels of water. And the people said, what? We've had a drought for three years and six months. It's not rained in three years and six months. You're going to take all the water and pour it out? We need water. No. I just said, it's not water that you need. It's fire that you need. Many times we come to God with all of our wants. Rather than coming to God and saying, Lord, what do I need? I need you. I need you. In my heart. I need more of you and less of me. And for that to happen. God says I want you to. In Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. He said I want you to present your body. As a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. In my sight. Wow. And when that happens. The fire comes. God will send the fire to energize. To renew. To recreate within us. And I believe in this day in depth of times of such anguish and heartache and pain that we see in our nation. It's time that God cauterized our tongue like he did Isaiah. But he reminds us again of any sinfulness in our heart or life today that he wants to remove from you. There may be need for restitution by somebody. There may be the need for someone to go reconcile in a relationship There may be this morning that some here this morning need the fire of God in your marriage, in your home. The fires have grown dim. For some people, the fire has gone out completely. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, I know your good works. I know how well you've done. But you've left your first love. You've let the fire go out. Remember where you've come from. Return and repent turn back. You see, my friends, repentance is a wonderful gift from God. It's the gift that says, Lord, forgive me. I turn around. I want to go your way, and I want your spirit in my life, and I want you to help put the fire in my heart that I can say like Isaiah, Lord, here am I, Send me. That's what God's looking for today. He's not just looking for you to enjoy him. He's not so focused on your happiness as he's focused on your holiness. God's whole purpose in your life is to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Romans 8, 29. This is what he says. Him him whom he did foreknow, he did predestine that we all be formed to the image of Jesus Christ Jesus wants to live in you and he wants to come with all of his grace and mercy and love yes but he also wants to energize us with his power and his spirit he wants to renew our hearts and let's face it this morning none of us have an inexhaustible supply of spiritual power we all run low the tank runs low Sometimes the tank is empty. Sometimes you find yourself, I need, I need something more. I had a fellow tell me in revival one night. He said, uh, Brother Larry, these revivals don't ever last. People come, they go, they leave, da-da-da-da. He said, they never last. I said, well, did you take a bath this morning? He said, yeah. I said, Do you expect it to last for a lifetime? Of course not. When your tank was filled with gas this week, did you expect it to last for all the month of December, of course not. You need to be refilled. And the same is true for you and me this morning. There are times in our lives where we need to come to the Lord and say, God, refill me with your spirit. That's the reason we come to the Lord on a daily basis to say, Lord, search me. Search me, O oh God. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in my life and lead me in the way everlasting. There's something beautiful about that cleansing. It was 1858. Jeremiah Lampfear was one Methodist layman. Started a prayer meeting in New York City. And out of that prayer meeting, uh, people began to meet in small groups and things began to move. And just like every revival, there's a sovereign work of God. Just one person. But the fire came, spread throughout the frontier. Two million lay people swept into the kingdom. Amazing awakening. Historians call it one of the great awakenings in America. The first awakening. The same thing happened in America. It turned the very course of history. Revival does. Revival is God's will for his people. To renew and rekindle within us. The only word in the New Testament for revival is the word rekindle. Paul said, Timothy, rekindle the gift of God that is in you. Restir up the gift. God's given you gifts, graces. He's given you things to be used. But... If we don't use them, we lose them. We need him to rekindle the flame of devotion in your heart, to create within your heart a hunger and a thirst for the presence of God. Isn't his presence wonderful? Isn't it amazing this morning? The Bible says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is healing streams of grace and mercy that he offers to everyone. In his healing grace, he offers salvation to those who will come to him. And he just says, I want to bring the fire and burn out everything in your life and just give you newness of life. And he does. I used to ask the pastor in Durango, Mexico. I'd go to Durango. They'd have a three-hour service of praise and worship. I never saw anything like it. They'd always give the altar invitation after the worship. And everybody would come to get whatever needs they had met to be met. And then they would preach. I said, Pedro, you do it backwards down here. He said, why is it that you always give an invitation after worship? He says, because when God is present, you don't need a preacher. (laughs) Have you ever been in the presence of God? I had a pastor from Eminence, Kentucky, call me in 1995. He called me on a Sunday morning. He said, Larry, I just want to call it. You know, my church burned to the ground last night. I said brother ed praise god from whom all blessings flow he said what (laughs) i said praise god you're going to have revival brother ed that church is going to go through revival you're going to unite together and everybody's going to help you rebuild that church and they did eminence christian church today is still one of the amazing little churches i've ever met we know pastor ed real well together But Ed Berry and these folks, they just come after God and they're just seeking him. And this morning, I want to say to you the same thing this morning. If you will come after God and say, Lord, I want to put on the altar my life, my heart, the sacrifice that is acceptable to God. Where does God live today? Could you put up Isaiah 57 for me? Read this verse. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isn't that amazing? People ask, where does God live? Does he live up in heaven? No. Yes. No, yes. Yes, he lives in the heaven. Yes, he lives in the high and lofty, but you know where he dwells? He dwells among the humble and contrite of heart. One of the reasons I love to go to the Amazon and go to the most remote places on earth, I want to be among the most humble people I've ever met. People who haven't got anything. Vicki, you know this to be true. Joe, you know this to be true. The gospel's for the poor in heart. The gospel's for you and me this morning that if we will humble our heart and repent from our pride, you repent from the mask of respectability and say, Lord, I need you. I need to do what that girl did at Asbury College. I need to confess to you honestly. What I need in my life is would you forgive me of this area? And you know something? When you take that step of faith, presence of God will always come why because God never turns away the prayer of a contrite heart did you know that there's some prayers that won't be answered but I tell you what he'll never turn away the prayer of a humble heart until you get humble riding down the road in Somerset a few years ago in a revival with a little Nazarene church and we picked up a hitchhiker boy about 21 years old had a long red beard, beer can in his hand he was hitchhiking, got in the car, and rode about 50 yards before he realized he'd made a serious mistake. <laughs> he had gotten into the wrong car. He finally said, If you don't mind, let me out. The Nazarene preacher, it was not me, it was the Nazarene preacher. He went to the jugular. <laughs> he said, Let me out. He let me out, and he came back down a few, few, about an hour later, came down the road, and there's Deborah. And I said, "Debert, tell me about yourself. He said, Well, my mother left me at the age of eight. My father's an alcoholic. I can't read or write. And his life was going nowhere. To make a long story short, he knelt down in the front yard that afternoon, invited Jesus into his heart. And I thought that was wonderful. But that evening, he surprised us. He walked in the door of the little King B Nazarene church. And I looked back there, and there was Deborah. He shaved his hair and pulled it back, and he was smiling from ear to ear. He was so full of joy and he came down front and I said, Deborah, tell us what happened. He said, Well, I went up and down the road at Beech Grove yesterday and he knocked on the door of every house on his road that he lived, and he said, Every time somebody came to the door, he said, Deborah, he said, Yeah, did you hear I got saved? That's all he said. That wasn't the end of the story. That night he brings two of his drinking buddies to the church, and one of them gets saved. And the pastor said, "Deborah, here's the keys to the van. Go get them. (laughs) (laughs) Over the next four nights, here comes Deborah, riding up with a van full of his old drinking buddies. And by the end of the week, I called my superintendent. I said, Dr. Wesley, you need to come meet the evangelist. He just led 16 people to Christ. He didn't know any Bible. He knew nothing of the Holy Spirit. He didn't read he couldn't write he couldn't but he had something and what he had was the fire had fallen on his heart and changed him and transformed him and he was so excited and so in love he just wanted to let everybody know did you hear i got saved i'm Joyfully, thankfully saved. Is it no wonder the Bible says God rejoices over one sinner that repents and all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents? There's a great party going on in heaven, and this morning it could be the same for you. If we would stop and think for a moment to humble ourselves and to say, Lord, I put it all on the altar. You send the fire. In Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says to the priest, you tell the people who are tending to the fire that they're never to let the fire go out. Never let the fire go out. So every morning the priest had to sweep away the ashes from the heifer that had been burning all night, put on a fresh sacrifice, put on some more cordwood that had been assimilated, And the fire would burn to that evening at sunset. And then the process started over again. God, the Holy Spirit, had lit the fire. But he had told the Levites, don't let the fire go out. And that's what I want to say to you this morning in closing. Don't let the fire go out. In fact, if there's not a fire, you need to ask God to ignite the flame of devotion and heart and love for Jesus. And be restored. Listen, in this last year and a half of pandemic, it's been harsh, it's been heavy, it's been painful, it's been difficult. Every one of you have been affected. When my wife was afflicted with brain seizure on April the 1st, 2020, I sat out in the parking lot here in Lexington waiting to hear whether she'd live or die. For the next 33 days, I couldn't see my wife. They wouldn't let you in. It was horrible, devastating. I felt like my life was being taken away. I, did, I, I, I just didn't know, Lord, where are you? Is Jenny gonna be able to speak? Can she walk, will she? One terrible Sunday, I was at a low end. And I have to confess to you this evening, my faith was weak. <laughs> Lord, I need help. The phone rang. On the other end is a friend of mine. He said, Larry, read this passage of Scripture. Matthew 5, 32. He hung up the phone. Hadn't heard from this guy in three years. But I opened the pages of my Bible and there it was. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Wow. Whew. The fire came down from heaven. The Lord burned away. Some things in my life that needed to be burned away. He put a new depth of love for my wife that I still rejoice in today. I was prepared in those last hours to say, Lord, my wife belongs to you. There's no safer place to put your children than on an altar. No safer place to put your wife or husband than on an altar. And pray, God, send the fire. Send a fire and burn within us your healing grace, your healing touch. And God, the Holy Spirit came. And after that, when I would call the hospital to find out her condition, I was no longer beset by fear that had gripped me, fear that had decimated my heart, robbed me of my joy. I lost my faith. I lost my way. I, I, I couldn't figure where God was. The good news of the gospel is he never stops pursuing you. He never stops leaving. He never leaves you undone. And he didn't leave us undone in that hour and he won't leave you. This morning, what the Holy Spirit is saying, he's come like a consuming fire. And he's more than prepared to ignite within you a flame that comes from him alone. It was Jim Elliot that penned those famous words in 1953. Lord, am I ignitable? Lord, deliver me from the dread asbestos of other things. Saturate me with the oil of the spirit. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Canst thou bear this, O flame of short life? Three years later, they found Jim Elliott and four missionaries spears in their back. The Ioka Indians had martyred them. But Jim Elliott learned one important lesson and that if anything's ever going to be accomplished for the kingdom, it'll be through the fire of God's Holy Spirit. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. But the Holy Spirit is always here, always ready, if we'll only prepare the sacrifice, which is me. It's you. Present your bodies here this morning as a living sacrifice to God. And you watch what he'll do in your life, what he'll do in your marriage, your home, your kids. Man told me one night, he said, Larry, I stopped praying for my children. I said, what do you mean? He said, when I stopped praying for my children to be good boys and I started praying for me to be a godly husband, that's when he changed my family. You see, Isaiah was the same way. Isaiah could see everybody else's need, but he couldn't see his own need until he came into the presence of a holy God. And that's the beauty of God's holiness. He doesn't leave us unchanged. He changes you from step to step every day. And if you'll put the sacrifice down, you can be sure the fire of the Spirit will come. Luke chapter 11, last verse. If you who are evil can give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him. (laughs) I'm about to get on a shouting spell here in a minute. Woo! God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all in one. And it's amazing the selflessness of this glorious trinity. The Father says, don't look at me. Behold my Son. The Son says... Don't look at me. I only do what I see the Father doing. The Holy Spirit says, not about me. I'm only here to glorify the Son. Isn't that beautiful? The selflessness of the Trinity of God. And that tells me it's not about me. It's really all about Him, isn't it? He's the one. He's the one that can change us. Our pastor wants revival in Lexington and so do all of us. But you know where revival always begins? It begins with the people of God right here today. Would you stand with me for a moment? Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in your grace and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place today. Thank you for the body of Christ. I'm going to invite you now for these closing moments before we take communion. Pastor Steve's going to come and help me, but I want to give you that opportunity to make a sacrificial offering to the living God. A sacrificial offering of yourself. And to lay that on the altar. To come to the front. Maybe not able to kneel. There's not enough room. But just to come and stand and say, Lord, I need the fire of the Holy Spirit in my life. and I need you to come, Father. And refresh in my heart. Take away all the spirit of discouragement, disillusionment, despair. Fill my heart afresh, Lord, with newfound joy in you. And I promise you this morning, if you come, would you come right now? and just invite you to slip out if you'd like to. And come and just stand here before the altar this morning as we come to the Lord. And as we do, we're going to pray for our nation today as well. For God to do a mighty work of the Holy Spirit in the United States of America. And Lord, let that revival begin and let it begin with me. Let it begin with my brother and sister here today. Father, we acknowledge our absolute total dependence upon you. We recognize the day, Father, that you not only dwell among the high and the lofty, you dwell among the lowly and the contrite and the humble of heart. Father, we ask you this morning to humble our hearts before you. Father, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O God. We pray, Father, that you'd restore and replenish, Father, we come with heartfelt repentance in our hearts, Lord, this morning, specifically for those things in our life, Lord, that need your touch. Father, send the charcoal fire. Touch our lips as well as you did, Isaiah, Father, anew and afresh. Ignite the fresh word of God in our life. And ignite within us, O Lord, a divine desire to make your name well known. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you, Father, in these moments of revival and renewal that, Lord, you would send the fire of the Holy Spirit upon each and every heart of every person in this room today, Lord. Whether we're sitting, kneeling, or standing. Matters not where we are in location. What matters is you have an open heart. A receptive heart. A willingness to say, Lord, I need you now more than I've ever needed you in my life. And I I pray for my husband. I pray for my wife. I pray for my children, Lord. I pray this day, Lord. Send the fire. Send the fire of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Consume us. Consume everything in our life that is is not pleasing to you in any way, Lord. We pray. You take that away. Burn away all the wood, hay, and stubble. And help us to build on that which is silver, gold, and precious stones, Lord. We thank you. We thank you this morning, Father, for the anointing and blessing of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We need you. We ask you to refill us, refill our tanks, overflowing again a fresh new, Lord. We pray this morning, Father, ignite us for salvation. There may be someone here, many that could be here this morning. And if you'll just open your heart, God will send the fire into your heart. He'll forgive you and cleanse you. And he'll set your feet on a solid rock. He'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You'll be a new creature in Christ. Old things will pass away. All things will become new. And that's what, God, you want to do today for me and for all of us, Lord. Ignite a new flame. Ignite a new devotion for each and every one of us, Lord. This morning we pray. Thank you. Thank you for hearing our heart cries in Jesus' name. Pastor Steve.
0: You're welcome to step down. More can come, there's room, you can move closer. Holy Spirit, come, bring your fire, Lord. Bring your fire, Lord. Our brother is shared, that the fire never comes on an altar where there's no sacrifice. So today, Lord, we lay down our rebellion, our sin, our rebellion. We lay down discouragement, worry, and fear. Lord, we ask burn up lust. Burn up doubt in the name of Jesus. Burn up anger and bitterness, Lord. Burn up discouragement and depression. Holy Spirit, move among your people today. Fill, Lord, fill your people to overflowing. Fill your people, set us on fire, Lord. We want the fire of your presence to burn in our hearts, in our homes, Lord, where we work. That, Lord, when we meet people, they will know there's something different. The presence of God is with us. So, Lord, as as our people just stand, as we're before you, and as they cry out, grant their request today. Grant their request today more, Lord, more of your fire. Lord, we pray, bring back to life revival. Bring an awakening to our city. Bring revival to our nation. And Lord, bring in the great harvest. But Lord, the harvest will never come until your own people are revived. So Lord, bring revival. Even today, even right now, bring revival among your people. Worship team, would you come and lead us in this song? Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord today and he will meet you right where you are today. More, Lord. More, Lord, today. More of your presence today. Burn it away, Father. Burn away the dross. Rekindle a first love. Bring, Lord, tender hearts today.
2: The road may seem, I'll follow where your spirit leads. Broken as my life may be, I will give you every piece. again Less of me and more of you I just want to see you move say, yes, Lord. Yeah how you want to, God. Have your throne within my heart. I hear you call. Lord, I am available. I'm available. Oh.
0: Can we bring the house lights up a little, please. We take the Lord's table together. And if some of you need to go back to get the elements, you can take them this afternoon. Place the, the bread in your hand. This is not a religious deal. This is an act of commitment and worship. Lord, as you came and offered your body willingly to be broken for our healing, we offer ourselves to be broken for others. So take our sacrifice. In Jesus' name, take and eat. likewise open the wine and the greatest commodity in the universe, the blood of Christ shed for our freedom, our deliverance our forgiveness our new life and Lord we will tell we will tell we will live and we will tell the rest of our life others about the freedom in Christ take and drink I want to say, if you're here today and you've not given your heart to Christ, find one of these people on either side to surrender your life to Christ. They'll lead you in a prayer commitment, tell you what to do next. And if you need prayer for your body, there's others here available to pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the awakening, I believe, that has started and the revival that will soon follow. Right here, Lord for our city and our nation and the nations of the earth. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Slip out quietly, people are doing business with the Lord. Pick up your children. Have a great day. Are there some left? There may be. Thank you for joining us at Church of the Savior online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your
1: next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.